This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. So many great things to talk about, some not-so-great things to talk about, but a lot to talk about. So it'll be a power-packed show. Big, 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 big weekend in Mississippi State Athletics. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, on all fronts, really. Absolutely all fronts. Football practice was closed to the media on Saturday, so any reports you see out there are secondhand. And so many of us have been kind of scattered around the country as far as Mississippi State media goes. Uh, many of our peers uh, headed out to San Jose to, uh, to cover the MSU men's basketball game against uh, Liberty. Most of them are now back. Uh, the rest of us were here to cover Mississippi State basketball, women's basketball as well as the uh, series against Auburn. And uh, we did take in some uh, the practice on Thursday, some football practice Thursday. So big weekend for Jim Moorhead and his crew with some, uh, some big recruiting news. And so we'll get into all that today. Again, so much to talk about, so much to feel good about. Uh, some other things uh, were disappointing. We'll kind of close the book on men's basketball for this year and kind of look ahead to next year. And, and we'll just kind of take it from there. I, I don't want to get too down and depressed about all that. Really disappointed, to be honest with you. Really, like all of you, very disappointed we didn't win that first round game. Not not sure we'd we'd have won a second round of game against Virginia Tech. I don't know, but I would have certainly have liked that opportunity. And uh, so unbelievably disappointed in the men. Um, as great as it was to make the NCAA tournament, uh, I really feel like we missed an opportunity here. I thought we had a pretty good draw. We would not have advanced past Duke, but after you saw what happened with Central Florida yesterday and Duke, uh, I think this is going to be a wild tournament. I just wish we were still in it. I want to thank our fine sponsors, Campus Bookmart. Uh, saw Stan the Man yesterday. Uh, I, you know, that's the thing about doing business with Campus Bookmart. Stan, uh, Ray, and the whole crew there, these are Mississippi State people. Okay, so when you're doing business with them, it's not just a, uh, you know, a transaction. You're making an investment in your community. You're, you're doing business with other Bulldogs. And I am a big proponent of that. When I'm given the opportunity to do business, I do my best to choose Mississippi State businesses and Mississippi State people to do business with. That's that's just, you know, maybe I'm funny that way, but I would rather do business with Bulldogs and other people. 
Campus Book Mart is a Stark building and institution, so we encourage you when you're in town, go by and see Stan the Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there. They'll treat you like family because you are family. If you can't make it to town, you can't make it in. Go to campusbookmart.net, and being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. We'll give you promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, which will save you shipping on all orders over $50. Saw Stan sitting courtside, like, well, I say courtside, right behind me for the most part at the uh, women's NCAA tournament game last night. Again, these are Mississippi State people. So uh, let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's, the, the, the top story, obviously, is the Mississippi State women's basketball team advancing to the Sweet 16 for the fourth consecutive year. That's, uh, I asked Coach Vic Schaefer about that in postgame. You can go watch Coach Schaefer's postgame uh, press conference over on jeanspage.com. You can go up there and watch it. And I asked him specifically about you know, we had gone to the Sweet 16 one time in school history before Vic Schaefer got here. We've now gone four years in a row. It's almost become something that we expect to happen now. It's like, and, and maybe we take for granted the fact, that, you know what, we have hosted the NCAA tournament here in Starkville, but uh, it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, well, now the tournament really begins. If you know what I'm saying, it's kind of like, well, yeah, we've played uh, a couple home games here, and yeah, they count the tournament, and they're two of the six wins we need in order to win a national championship. But it is very, 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 very difficult to make it to the Sweet 16, as Mississippi State's men's basketball has demonstrated uh, over the last 20-some-odd years. It's very difficult to get out of the first week in the tournament. Now, Mississippi State is playing with a generational-type player with Tierra McCowan, and then she has one of the greatest rebounders in the history of the women's game riding shotgun on Andrea Howard. One of the things that I will point out to you too about Andrea Howard is number one, she is if you have ever met her off of the court, she is so different than she is on the court. You see her on the court and she's so intense and so ferocious and so physical. Uh, and then you meet her off the court and she's just not like that. And it's uh, it's like a flip switches with her and uh, absolutely love her and love her contributions to Mississippi State. I thought about this yesterday. You know, she's from Atlanta, Georgia, and got her uh, her undergraduate degree at Texas A&M. But you know what? Mississippi State, she will always have a home here at Mississippi State. Should, should, he, should she and her family at some point decide to relocate to Mississippi, uh, she will have absolutely no problem finding employment, finding people that will love her and embrace her because she has given some great memories to Mississippi State fans. Absolutely beloved. For sure. And, you know, we absolutely despised playing against her when she was at A&M because she's such a competitor. Uh, but all that being said, it's um, you know we're playing with a very, very talented team. You've got the top point guard in the country in many respects, uh, leads the nation in, in assist turnover ratio, and uh, among the most relentless defenders in the country. Jazz makes everybody else look uncomfortable. If you know what I'm saying, like when she, with her length and her tenacity and her aggressiveness, she makes everybody uncomfortable. Nobody seems to ever, you know, they, they never just seem to be confident when they're dribbling the ball because she'll poke one loose or she'll get in there and she'll steal it. She'll force them into a turnover, force them into a quick pass. She is one of those people that is just a nerve-wracking defender. And uh, to see her and Jordan Danbury and, and Zion Campbell all them waved goodbye to the crowd last night. It was, uh, it's one of those bittersweet things. You're happy to win, happy to advance, happy to see them win their final game at Humphrey Coliseum. But at the same time, you begin to realize we have really experienced something special this year. 
and with Tierra and, and Jazz for four years. Uh, and so it's uh, it's the turning of the page. You know, two years ago when we uh, went to the Final Four and, and beat UConn, and then uh, we graduated, you know, Dominic Dillingham and, and uh, Katera Chapel and Brianna Richardson and Chinway Akore, and everybody said, well, you know, it was a great run. And then for Nonacore, we went right back to the national championship, and then, then we graduate Blair Schaefer and, and um, Victoria Vivians and, and, and Morgan William. Um, you know, and, and we, you know, everybody said, you know, we had four seniors in the lineup last year. Uh, you know, with Roe and you know, Roe hit the big shot down the stretch last year against Notre Dame. We thought we we're going to win it, and everybody said, "Well, you know, Mississippi State's graduating those four seniors, and you know, probably going to fall off." And then it's funny how that happens because um, I think if we were all fair with ourselves last year, as soon as we left the arena in Columbus, we said, "You know what? With what we're losing on the perimeter." And what we're returning on the interior, we're probably a Sweet 16 team next year. Maybe we're Sweet 16, but probably nothing beyond that. And then Andrea Howard transfers in, then Andy Espinosa Hunter transfers in. And so it's like when when Andrea comes in, you think, okay, well, maybe we can make an Elite Eight. You know, maybe we can win an extra game. And then all of a sudden, Andrea, then Andy gets eligible. You're thinking, okay, well, if, if she's eligible, there's no reason to think that we can't get back to a Final Four. And then once you get there, it's going to be about the matchups. It's going to be about who you draw. And so speaking of those, um, let's look at our bracket. And uh, some, you know, Missouri did not make it over the weekend. South Carolina did make it. South Carolina, they're in that Baylor bracket. So they're actually going to wait. South Carolina will play the winner of the Baylor-Cal game. Uh, and that will actually take place, uh, you know, late tonight, uh, I guess, uh, or maybe tomorrow. This bracket's difficult to read at times, but um, but be that as it may, that'll be South Carolina versus the winner of Baylor Cal. Now, in the in the bottom half of that bracket, Kentucky and NC State they play today. They will play the winner of Iowa, who is the two seed in the Baylor bracket. That that Kentucky North Carolina State game will be outstanding. That's two really good basketball teams. Uh, on the other side of that that bracket, that's the the Notre Dame uh, bracket. Notre Dame plays Michigan State. Today, the winner of that game will advance to play Texas A&M. You know, Susie Merchant, our friend at, uh, at Michigan State, they'll they'll give Notre Dame a game. That that that's going to be interesting. And then Texas A&M knocked off Marquette, Mississippi State's friends of Marquette. We played them earlier this year. Very very talented team. That's a big win for A&M. Missouri State and Iowa State they'll t- they'll play tomorrow, and they will meet the winner of the BYU Stanford game. Now, getting to the other side, the Louisville bracket. Uh, Louisville uh, knocks off Michigan. They are still the one seed, obviously, and they will play the winner of Gonzaga, Oregon State. Oregon State has played well down the stretch. They're a, they're, they're a Pac-12 team that uh, is kind of a challenge, for sure. In the bottom half of that bracket is the uh, UCLA-Maryland matchup. The winner of that will play UConn, and then I suspect we'll see UConn and Louisville rematch in the regional final. Uh, that'll be interesting, and, that, and that's good for Mississippi State. You want these teams that uh, that are capable of beating you to go head to head. It's just the reality of things. On the Mississippi State side of things, Mississippi State will play Arizona State. Arizona State 57-55 winners over Miami, and then in the bottom half of this deal, Oregon will play the winner of uh, South Dakota State and Syracuse. I like Syracuse in that deal, but uh, it's all kind of shaping up. But the uh, let's get to Arizona State here. That's uh, that's one of the things you look at and say, okay, 
Miami was one of the teams we were most worried about. And to be honest with you, I've said on this show, I was more worried about Miami than I was Oregon. I believe Vic will have the motivational piece necessary uh, to get Oregon handled if we survive. If we can make it to the regional final, let me just say it as, as succinctly as I can. If State wins Friday, State's going to the Final Four because State will beat Oregon. State will beat Oregon. I've got it on good authority. This is the this is the matchup Mississippi State wanted. All of that said, this Arizona State team, very very talented. Now looking at uh, at their numbers here, they're 22 and 10 overall. But let's look at some of these losses. Okay, 65-59 to Baylor. 58-56 to Louisville. You with me now? They get drilled by Arizona, 51-39. That, then that's just kind of an anomaly on the deal. Probably just everybody had a bad day. I mean, you don't, you don't, it's difficult to only score 39 points. But just a bad day. Then they lose 72-65 to Stanford. 77-71 to Oregon. 61-59 to UCLA. Uh, and so and then, then they go back to the schedule again. And so they lost to Stanford a couple times. My point being is that these are quality losses. They're losing to NCAA tournament teams. You know, the Arizona loss is the only really bad loss on the schedule. This is a team that will come ready to play. This is a team capable of beating Mississippi State. Looking at like competition, they, they beat Stan, uh, excuse me, they beat Southern University 69 to 47 earlier in the year. They go to Fayetteville and they win 88-85 there. So you can look at some things and say, and how, you know, kind of put some confidence and say, okay, listen, against similar competition, State won going away. But you look at some of these teams they played, and it tells me that they're well coached. They will be a team that will come out prepared and ready to go. I don't know if they have what it takes in a post to really run with Mississippi State. And as we have seen, and it just, you know, when when the game is called, and I, I, I tweeted this last night, and um you know, a little bit of a hyperbolic commentary, but uh, I said if they had called the game correctly, Tierra has 50 and Clemson's playing with the walk-ons. Uh, I felt like the Clemson got the benefit of the doubt more times than not last night, but the bottom line is this. The officials let them play on both ends of the floor. It was a very physical game, and quite frankly, when they let the game get physical, Mississippi State is going to win because Andrea Howard and Tierra McCowan are simply too physical for most people to deal with. Not to mention you've got Jazz Holmes, who was um, very, very physical in her style of play defensively. And so when they let them play, that favors Mississippi State. As we saw when State played Oregon, the Pac-12 officials were not accustomed to basketball. They wanted to play horse. Uh, and so uh, that'll be interesting. So if you get a crew that will call the game objectively, and within the rules of basketball, Mississippi State should win this game. Now, if we get a bad crew, and that happens sometimes, and, that, and that's not to make excuses. It's just the reality of things. Sometimes you get a crew that doesn't like a real physical brand to play. And so they, they call that stuff. They don't let them play as much. But generally in the NCAA tournament, generally they let them play a little bit. It's a little different. Uh, so some names to know. Uh, Keani Ibis, uh Start all 32 games uh, this year for Arizona State. And we'll get into this a lot more but uh, later in the week. But the leading scorer with 14 points a game and then Courtney Eckmark with uh, 10.4 points a game. Uh, this is a team 
it's, it, they're going to be deep. They're going to play a lot of people. Uh, they, they've started. They've had the same regular five, and then they've had uh, Sophia Alanga come off the bench. She's, she's the six man, or six woman, pardon me, uh, averaging just under six points a game. They're not a team that scores a lot of points. If you if you heard some of their scores, they can get out and run a little bit, but they're really a team that's really more in the 60s. You know, so if they can control the flow of the game, they can control the tempo and prevent State from getting out and going a little bit, it could be interesting. Um, and as we get into Friday, we will uh, preview this and kind of break this down a little bit more. But it's one of those things as well. We don't know the time for the Friday game yet. That will all be determined after the the rest of the uh, second-round games have been played. And so then we'll have that information for you. That will be available very, very soon. But to, uh, to hear Coach Schaefer speak earlier in the season, he talked about how if he'd had to do it over, that trip to Oregon, you play Washington first and Oregon second. Well, now you've kind of got a do-over in that deal. Your more difficult game will come in the second one, assuming you get there. And so I, Arizona State is a better team than Washington, but I believe Mississippi State is a better team today than, than the floor out there uh, in Washington. And so when you begin to look at how this whole thing kind of lays out for you, uh, there is a motivational piece in in addition to the game and the national title that you have to consider, okay? Uh, the Arizona State thing, I really felt like Miami was the one team in the bracket I didn't want to face. It's because of the fact that uh, they get up for big ball games. Very, very happy that they've been eliminated. I thought State would win the ball game, but they were a team that was kind of scary because uh, they've had some big upsets this year. So clearly they're a team that is well coached, and the motivational piece is obviously there. But I believe when we get into this deal here with Arizona State, we'll understand we just can't simply overlook them because everybody this time of year is capable of beating you. My hope is, and I, and I think with the leadership on this team, that we will focus on Arizona State and then think about Oregon because if we take the court on Friday thinking about Oregon, we're going to get run out of the gym. You know, these first two rounds, listen, Southern, Clemson, all due respect, State could show up and not even really have a game plan and win those games. You could count pick up basketball and win those games because State is just simply more talented than those teams. And you and you saw that last night. Even when, when things kind of broke down, Clemson simply couldn't put together any semblance of an offensive rhythm because State was simply just too strong defensively. You know, Vic, Vic grimes and Vic fusses and that sort of stuff he does, but with Tierra and Andriel and Jazz, with a the, with the veteran team, they understand what's at stake. And that's why I think they'll be ready to play on Friday. But that Friday game could be a bit of a trap game. I think it's good to have a couple days off, get on the road. I believe that we'll leave Wednesday, and uh, we'll head out there Wednesday. So they'll practice. I'm sure today they'll be in film. Uh, and they'll practice Tuesday, travel on Wednesday, and then uh, play a ball game on Friday. And so uh, this should be an important game for all involved. But if we don't approach it as such, it's going to be a very, very disappointing end, and the NCAA tournament will be over because Arizona State is a very capable team, very well coached. A lot of brackets to look at for sure, a lot of brackets to think about the possibilities. But when you look at the way this thing shakes out for Mississippi State, it's as simple as this. You beat Arizona State, you're likely going to play Oregon. You beat Oregon, you're in the Final Four again. Chances are that's going to be Baylor. I can't, you know, I just, South Carolina just doesn't have it, okay? I don't see anybody in that bracket. I haven't seen Iowa play a whole lot. 
but I just I, I, I'm expecting Baylor to win that region and then some and then you I, you know Notre if unless A&M can trip up Notre Dame Notre Dame's going to be there and then the winner of the Louisville UConn game Gino's so good this time of year I can't see them not making the final four uh, and so the, the road would be this Arizona State Oregon Baylor and then the winner of UConn Notre Dame It's tough, for sure. We're going to earn it. No doubt about it. Should State win an AFL championship, it won't be because anybody gave them anything. These are the biggest names in college basketball. I want to remind you guys, when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company, absolutely the place to go and break bread. Absolutely love it there. We're there regularly. Uh, it is absolutely the Robertson family restaurant of choice. Anytime the wife says, hey, let's go out to eat, let's go to Bulldog Burger. That's what comes up. Uh, the Bulldog Burger Company, part of a great family of restaurants here in Starkville. And again, Mississippi State people, people that are invested in your community, people that are invested in Mississippi State, people that they feel it when we win, they feel it when we lose. It is not just a business, it is who they are. They are part of the fabric of our community. Bulldog Burger Company, absolutely, absolutely the best place to go where the cool kids eat. When you're in town, go find your new favorites. Go buy have an adult beverage. Go buy and have a, have a milkshake to go whenever you're done. That's what my girls do. When, whenever, hey, hey, Dad, can we get a milkshake to take with us? They are, that's their dessert. They take it with them. And uh, you should enjoy that, too. A great restaurant-quality hamburger is one of the, the best things in life. So we encourage you to find your own favorites at Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So Mississippi State baseball, uh, pretty big weekend. And uh, it's one of those things, too, I, I, I am greedy when it comes to baseball. I, I, I really am. It's Because I, I, here's the deal. And we talked about this last weekend. We basically gave a game away against Florida and Auburn. And listen, I understand people are saying, oh, Steve, we won the series. Well, yes, we did win both series. That's true. That, that, that's true. But again, to win an SEC championship, they don't count the number of series you win. They count the number of games you win. And so we give one away the Florida game and it really feels like we gave one away on Friday and it seemed like we got up early 5 nothing on Auburn and really kind of began to coast a little bit and that surprised me some because I just kind of felt like we were just trying to get to the end of the game we're thinking okay once we get to the 6th or 7th we'll turn this thing over to the bullpen it'll be over and we did not continue to attack on runs that changed in a major way on Saturday an absolute gully washing of a blowout Saturday Mississippi State offensively just simply outstanding the offensive piece carried over to Sunday and, and what surprised me listen son, there's as John Cohen says there's two things in baseball you, you, you can't ever be ever take for granted that Sunday pitching in the bottom third of your order uh, state got great production on the bottom third Sunday pitching was up and down you did have some good moments there Riley self I thought looked as good as he's looked all season still not back to where he was last year and uh that will come in time. It's just really a matter of Riley getting some velo back and building some strength in that arm because what happens is when he's throwing, you know, 90-91, that cut fastball's got a lot more movement on it. And But he got a lot of good sink this weekend. Everything they hit was on the ground, a lot of ground balls, able to get out of there. Really made, made, made for a good appearance because he slowed the game down for us. Really slowed, slowed it down. And you, you recall they put up seven runs in the fourth inning to go ahead 11-4. And I even tweeted this out there. I said, guys, a lot of baseball left to be played. And many of our fans were already kind of up in arms. And uh, it's like I remind people, they got to get you out 27 times. they got to get you out 27 times. So what does State do? State comes back, starts chipping away. 
starts chipping away. The next thing you know, you've taken the lead there. And, and it's kind of a seesaw fair down the stretch. But after Cole Gordon gave up that three-run home run, he settled down, and, and he pitched it really well. And, uh, you know, just really didn't give them a lot of room to, to operate. So let's take a look back at last week and, uh, and kind of who's hot. I tweeted this out earlier, but uh, Jake Mangum, 10 of 21 last week. That, 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 will, that dog will hunt right there. 10 of 21. Jordan Westberg, 7 of 16. Tanner Allen, 4 of 19 on the week. Elijah Magnum, 3 of 12. Seen a lot more walks for Mack. A lot more walks. People are a little more reluctant to pitch to him. Uh, Justin Foskew, 8 of 19. Dustin Skelton, 7 of 17. Uh, Rowdy Jordan, 8 of 18. Some good moments for him. Gunnar Halter took off uh, Wednesday with sick. Still managed to go 5 for 13 on the week. JT Ginn, outstanding. Ethan Small, also outstanding. Uh, but looking around at a couple things here, Jake Mangum now 321 career hits. And uh, he began the year only like seven hits ahead of Antoine Duplantis, and he's like 20-plus ahead now. And then LSU will come in this weekend. And, and let me just say this, because I know that I've got some LSU friends that listen to the show occasionally. I absolutely cannot wait for LSU to get here. I absolutely cannot wait for LSU to get here. I cannot wait to have them in our backyard and be able to play because, they listen, they've got the better of us a couple times here the last – few years this is a different team and they're a different team okay and and to be honest with you i think the trajectory of these two programs are completely opposite and as people read that and say well you know steve you know they're lsu they, they are that's, that's right they are lsu and they're going to figure some things out later uh, in the year i think we're getting them at a good time but i but i will tell you i'm uh, i'm excited to have them here while they're kind of figuring some things out they've got some real issues pitching wise and uh georgia who is kind of quietly one of the better teams in the Southeastern Conference because they have arms. Uh, Georgia takes two of three from LSU of the weekend. And so looking at the um, at the SEC um, hitting standings, let's, let's look at school record stuff first. Jake is 321. I'm doing this from memory. So if I'm, if I'm off one or two numbers, please don't kill me. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty 99% confident this is correct. Uh, Travis Chapman's at 327. Richard Lee at 328. And so I would suspect that Jake will surpass both of those guys and Jeffrey Ray's at 335 there. So I think once we get through this, I don't expect 10 hits from Jake this week, okay? But I do expect several hits from Jake because that's who Jake is. I think he's one of those kind of people, too. I think he kind of senses it. He kind of feels it. He, he, he's got that nose for the goal line, if you know what I'm saying. And so uh, I suspect we'll, we'll take down, Jake will move into second this week and then next week uh, – becomes the Mississippi State all-time hits leader. The SEC record is 352. That's held by Eddie Furness. Eddie Furness, a, uh, another former senior player. That's one of the things you look at these numbers. These, these hit numbers are really career numbers because just about every guy that, uh, that holds these big numbers are seniors. It's very rare that you see a three-year guy uh, have hit, hit numbers like these. But uh, that being said, uh, Jake will not – break the national record. I think that's 418. It's over 400. But uh, there's a really good chance of him breaking the SEC record. Uh, that is a record that I know means something to him, but it means something to all of us. Because quite frankly, I think a Bulldog should have those records. And I think that Jake Mangum is one of those guys, too, that has kind of changed our program uh, in, in a major way. What I mean by that is, is we have gone from, from being a, a really good team to being an elite team again, to being a national championship contending team again. And I think a lot of that has got to do with Jake and uh, many of his teammates that came in together. 
but that's where you are on that. There's a real good opportunity. You're going to see some history here uh, this season with, with Jake Mangum just because of the fact he's doing some things that no Bulldog's ever done and, and uh, a chance to do something that no SEC player has ever done. I mean, really think about this. At 321 right now, and we still got you know two and a half months to go because postseason baseball counts. And uh, he's, you know, 31 hits off the, the mark. And so by the end of April, he could be your SEC hits leader and then really put that number away. You know what I'm saying? Jake could put that number so far ahead that he could hold that record for years and years and years. Eddie Furnace has held this thing forever and a day. But because of the way that Jake swings and the fact that Jake's, Jake's going to play some postseason baseball, Jake's got an opportunity to really uh, to, to write his name in the SEC record books and stay top of the hill for a long, long time. Because, again, it's most most guys only play three years. And so it's going to take a very special circumstance for somebody to get out there and, and chase Mangum. And so uh, my hope is that Jake can stay healthy and Jake will, uh, will rewrite all the record books and uh, really do some big things. And, again, there's a debt that Mississippi State fans have to a guy like Jake Mangum, who originally committed to Alabama and then backed off of that commitment came to Mississippi State because he wanted to have his own legacy. And he's done that. He has built this thing up, and uh, Jake is our guy. It's as simple as that. We kind of we go as he goes. And uh, this team has kind of taken on his personality. Jake is an unbelievably competitive person. He expects to win every time out. He takes every opponent seriously. I had somebody tell me before the Sanford game on Wednesday that Jake is down there almost mumbling to himself, telling people, guys, this this is the kind of game that will make and break your season. This is the difference between having a Super Regional and not. Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm glad he feels that way. I'm glad that he's out there thinking, you know what, we can't overlook these guys. These guys, We played these guys in a regional last year. These guys are capable of beating us. We beat them 9-8 last year. They could have ended our season. And so I'm glad he thinks in those terms because every game is important. And, and as Chris Lamona said yesterday, one of the things that has kind of surprised him about his team is they come to play every day. Nobody's ever just going to the motions. They love each other. They love the program. They love the team. They love the crowd. But they love the game. And they come to play every single day. That is really, really big. And, and if you look at guys like Jordan Westberg and Ethan Small, they're all kind of cut from the same cloth. Dustin Skelton. I mean, what a year a guy's having, huh? What a year Dustin Skelton's having. Excited about this team, excited about uh, what is to come. So we will be back in action Tuesday night. Mississippi State will host Mississippi Valley State. Only the one non-conference game this week because we have the Thursday, Friday, Saturday LSU deal. So those games, if I'm not mistaken, will be broadcast on the network Thursday and Friday. So you'll have those. but uh, And we'll be able to get done it. And then on Sunday, be able to hopefully enjoy watching the, uh, the women's basketball team play on Sunday. And so, uh, an- again, another busy week. We'll also have... Pro Day, Mississippi State Pro Day on Wednesday. So we'll have full coverage on Gene's page. Excited about that. They're going because again, they're going to be a lot of people in the media that won't be here. So because we have an army of people at Gene's page, we're going to be able to kind of cover everything for you again this week. Uh, Robbie Falk will be headed to Portland, Oregon, so he'll be he will be on site to cover the Sweet 16 and hopefully the Elite Eight game, the regional final. And then a lot of the other media will be joining him out there. And then uh, we will be here to cover Pro Day. We'll be here to cover Baseball Tuesday, Pro Day Wednesday, and then we'll get into the LSU series, and then we'll have your weekend basketball coverage. So jeanspage.com, the one-stop Mississippi State shop uh, for sure. 
So Mississippi State football getting into some things there on the football side of things. Mississippi State picked up uh, actually three three commitments over the weekend and uh, now ranked number seven in the country in the 247 composite uh, team rankings. Uh, you know what? Hang on. Before we move on to that, uh, before before we – because I don't want to just put baseball in the rearview mirror just yet. Before we get into commitments, because I want to talk extensively about those guys, if you look at the standings right now, Georgia five and one in the East, Vanderbilt four and two, Tennessee two and four, Mizzou two and four, uh, South Carolina one and five, Florida one and five, Kentucky zero oh and six. Here's the bad part of that: state doesn't play Kentucky or Missouri, so we're not going to have the opportunity to kind of get fat on the uh, the lesser thans in in the East. Uh, we're going to play everybody in the West because y'all that's what that's what you do. We also don't play Vanderbilt. But in the West, Arkansas five and one, A and M five and one, State four and two, Auburn four and two, LSU four and two, Ole Miss three and three, Alabama two and four. Uh, I expect State to win most series that we play. I, I think it'll be a rarity that State doesn't take a series, and uh, we've got to continue to pitch it well, and we've got to find a way to get an answer on Sunday. But all that being said, uh, it, it's it's still a little bit early, uh, but uh, some interesting results over the weekend for sure. Uh, looking back at some of that stuff, it's um, some of these things are a little bit head scratching, I guess. But I think some of it's maybe because we have uh, maybe we had some ideas about some teams that were false in the preseason. Uh, Florida now with ten losses. Think about that for a second. They they were picked to win the SEC by some people, and uh, they get swept over the weekend by Vanderbilt. That is still going to look like a loud series win in hindsight because Florida's got some very young players that are dealing with adversity for the first time. They will figure it out. They will be better down. I, I still expect them to host. I, I, I suspect they will get fat on the lower half of the East. They'll get the benefit of playing Missouri. They'll get the benefit of playing Tennessee and getting to play Kentucky. And so, as a result, they'll have a good record. They may not be a great team, but they will be a really good team. Uh, but again, Georgia takes two of three from LSU in Athens. Kentucky, uh, they lose the series to A&M. A&M really got after them yesterday, 17 to five, and uh, Kentucky winless in the conference. And again, that's why A&M looks to be. A&M has a, a, that loud series win against uh, against Vanderbilt. So A&M, they're going to be. That's going to be a big series for State for sure. Arkansas takes two of three from Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I expect Mississippi State to, to, to win that series at Alabama as well. But uh, Auburn loses two out of three to Mississippi State. South Carolina, Tennessee. Tennessee is kind of taking South Carolina's place right now. And uh, I don't think this Tennessee team is great. I do think they're pretty good. And uh, we will head up there in two weeks and play them in Knoxville. That's big for State. Auburn swept them uh, last weekend. Uh, so that, that I think State – the better of the two teams. Uh, Ole Miss goes to Columbia, Missouri and loses two out of three. I don't understand what's going on uh, with Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, some of that, of course, is because of the fact that, uh, you know, the pitching is somewhat, uh, you know, challenged. But it's one of those things, too, I think everybody looked at and said, okay, this is a veteran team. This is a team that hosted a regional last year, uh, got upset in their regional, but everybody's back for the most part. You do have some pitching concerns, but you bring a lineup back, it's expected to score. And then you lose two of three on the road to a, a team that um, might not even have a winning record at the end of the year. It, it, that's a really bad loss uh, for Ole Miss. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of how things turn around 
uh, this week for everybody. So let's take a look at the uh, the kind of look ahead, and we'll get into some of this later in the week. But just to give you a real quick you know, primer before I get into the football stuff, uh, Alabama will be at Florida. So this this kind of be will be get right weekend for Florida. They 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 need to sweep to get back into it. Georgia will be at Kentucky, uh, and you know if if Kentucky can take anything from Georgia, that would be much appreciated. Auburn will be at South Carolina, LSU at Mississippi State, Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> and then Missouri will be at A&M, and Ole Miss goes to Arkansas. So, you know, Ole Miss has had a couple of winnable series to start the SEC season, then they go to Arkansas this weekend. Uh, that'll be another one of those things, too. We almost need to pull for Ole Miss to get a win there to uh, you know, to win a ball game to kind of shake things up. Because any time that we have uh, teams ahead of us, we want all those guys. We don't need anybody to sweep unless it's us. We want everybody to, to split a series somewhere. So big weekend ahead. And this is when it really starts to get fun. You know, this is when things begin to take shape. Uh, and then pretty soon, baseball will be the only game in town for the most part. And so uh, exciting times, to say the least. But let's get into football here. Three big commitments over the weekend. Uh, it all got started with uh, Trey Lawson. Trey Lawson out of Mississippi Gulf Community College, former Florida State defensive end. He was dismissed from the team. Okay, so in 2017, he redshirted and played on the scout team. He was dismissed from the team back in August. Uh, during a there was a fight between he and an offensive lineman, and um, you have to think there's probably some other things uh, if they were able to just run him off for that. Because if you know anything about college football, uh, offensive and defensive linemen, you you almost have a skirmish a day in practice. But apparently this went over and beyond that sort of thing, and so as a result, uh, he was dismissed from the program. Went to Mississippi Gulf Coast, had a good year last year. Now committed to Mississippi State. Kind of built in that same mold as Montez Sweat. Probably not as celebrated coming out of South Carolina. He's from Augusta, but uh, a very talented player. This is one that's a little bit off the radar for me. I I did not think we would take Trey Lawson or a junior college defensive lineman this early. They have done that. Uh, That's an important part of things because, you know, State needs some guys to kind of generate some pass rush. And when you look at the fact that, uh, you know, State does have some good defensive ends this year, but when you begin to look at next year, there's some some names with uh, Chauncey Rivers be, move, be moving on, uh, so it's smart to, to go get a JUCO pass rusher. I, and I, I think I've said this many times before. I think you need to get a good junior college offensive lineman, a defensive lineman every single year for Mississippi State because the Mississippi junior college system is so fertile. And so whether you go get a starter or you get a good depth guy, a lot of those guys are going to come in a lot more physically mature. And then you get guys like Jonathan Abram, Montez Wet people that are rebooting their career much like Trey Lawson they've already had a taste of power five football they already they already understand the commitment that it takes uh, to be able to play at that level and so when you get them back there's not that acclimation period there are with the traditional junior college guys who kind of you know take one step up the ladder go from high school to juco then then there's an adjustment to that that final big step to the sec and so it makes sense to go get a guy like Trey Lawson now Armandus Cooley uh, he is uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, out of Wayne County, and it's been a while since State has uh, signed a guy uh, from Wayne County, but we heard pretty early on that once State kind of got going with him, that they had a really good chance to, to get him. Uh, if you go watch the video of him, he is a, he's a nasty player. He is a guy, this good down-home South, South Mississippi guy that uh, is kind of country strong, as they say, where I'm from. You know that he, he he once he gets in a college weight room he can has the, the ability to be a real monster. 
I, I like the get. Uh, it's a position of need. He's a guy that uh, will be a, a true three technique, listed at 6'4", 280. Uh, State beats out, you know, kind of a host of G5 schools for him. But uh, when you need guys and you need to get established in state, this makes perfect sense. And not to mention this is a high school that historically has produced a lot of great players and a school you really hadn't been involved in in a long time. You might even go all the way back to Willie Evans since uh, state had a big-time player, you know, from Wayne County, uh, Mississippi State. You know, Tracy Lampley was the guy for, for a long time. You guys remember him. Went to Southern Miss, had a, a great career there. State tried and tried and tried to get that kid to commit and eventually took Ladarius Perkins. I think it worked out well for everybody involved. But my point being is that State has just not had a lot of success at Wayne County uh, the last 10, 15 years. So uh, that's a good get. I People always say, well, Steve, what will he be ranked? I think he's a solid three-star right now and uh, a guy that could certainly move up. I, you know, Todd Mangum is his head football coach at Wayne County. And uh, knowing Todd Mangum, and knowing the, the quality of players that he has produced at every stop of the way in his career, you got to know Armandus Cooley has been taught to do things the right way. He will understand the value of work. He will understand the value of refining his technique. He will understand the importance of film study. He is going to be coached and has been coached extremely well. Another interesting note here is uh, Tony Hughes and um, Todd Mangum great relationship so anytime Mangum has a guy uh, he is going to let Hughes know hey this is a guy and the thing about Mangum I'll tell you he is one of those guys that has a, a, a really good idea and a good handle on his players ceiling what I mean by that is he understands not everybody is going to go play in the Southeastern Conference he understands that he understands the difference between a G5 guy a, an FCS guy and a junior college guy. He gets it. Todd's been in this business a long time. And so if Todd Mangum says that this guy's an SEC guy or that guy's an SEC guy, you, you, you can you can have some some assurance there that he has some credibility what he's saying. He is not going to oversell his players, if that makes sense to you. Because it, 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 it doesn't help anybody for a guy to get to a level that he cannot compete and be miserable and then leave and then transfer and then have this whole, you know, you know, this college transcript that, you know, looks like a country road. You know, that's not helpful to anybody. And so I can assure you, Mangum has coached this guy well, and he has also, you know, taught him to do things the right way. And I can assure you, uh, if Armandus Cooley signs on with Mississippi State and shows up, he will be a player that will be a very productive guy. He will come in and play well. And if you watch his film, you'll see he's got the makings of a very, very good player. One of my favorite commitments in the class happened this weekend, and that's uh, Calvin McMillie. I don't, I don't care what he's ranked. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about anybody's evaluation. Yes, he is a little bit raw. This, but this kid is an absolute mauler. What? Once he gets into a college weight room, and once he begins to get some college coaching and kind of find, kind of sharpen us all a little bit, now, and I'm not saying anything negative about the folks at Houston, Mississippi, because they do a phenomenal job with the Hilltoppers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this guy has not even begun to scratch the surface on how good he can be. When you see a guy his size move as well as he does, and you begin to think about what he can be once he gets really committed to a college weight room program, I mean, he is a big physical kid now. There's a lot of guys walking around, big barrel-chested guys that, you know, probably couldn't bench press 250 pounds. Uh, that's not Calvin. 
Calvin can handle all that. But his best football is ahead of him. This is a guy that you're getting on the way up. Or some guys that peak in high school, this is not one of them. He's a developmental guy. But, man, there is already so much to work with. You look at, We talk about having the raw materials to be great. You look at this guy. Go watch his film. But if you look and see how big and physical this guy is already, and then imagine what he's going to be after two years in a college strength and conditioning program. Uh, it, it is easy to get excited about him. I, I like him as a right tackle, but I do think that he has the quicks to be a left tackle. Uh, and the last time Mississippi State went into Houston, Mississippi, and and, uh, and signed a football player, that worked out pretty well. A guy named Chris Jones. When he committed to Mississippi State, he had offers from Mississippi State, and I believe the only school that had gone in to see him in the spring evaluation period was Memphis. Memphis and Mississippi State. That's the only two people. Uh, and so... Not the case with Calvin. Calvin's already got a handful of offers. Um, and I suspect that his offer list probably won't grow a whole lot, not because of his ability. Oh, he'll pick up a few others. But because of the fact that the proximity between Houston and Mississippi State, I think people are going to look at that and say, you know what, we don't have a prayer. We, we may throw an offer at him just, you know, just in case. Hey, just in case something changes, you've got a place to come play ball. There will be some of those offers. Uh, but I believe Calvin is one of those guys. He, I believe he can be the Mississippi State story. And what I mean by that is I think that he can be a Tobias Smith. I think he can be that local guy that, that you know, that comes in and hopefully he stays healthier than Tobias. And, and, and Tobias, you're probably listening. I love you, brother. I'm, I'm not being critical. Uh, but my point being is I think a lot of these guys that kind of grow up in the Golden Triangle and this, this whole corner of Mississippi, they grow up wanting to play at Mississippi State. And once they get that opportunity, that they latch onto it and they stick. And I think that's what you're going to see with Calvin. I think even if some other people kind of get involved with him, uh, he is going to stick. And he is a guy that sees going to Mississippi State as a big thing. You know, he grew up watching Chris Jones. You know, he, he saw Chris Jones be an Under Armour All-American at, you know, at, at Houston High School. And so he's seen that. Then he saw Chris's maturation at Mississippi State and saw Chris become a star. And then Chris become uh, a very highly coveted NFL player. And now he has seen Chris go out there and absolutely dominate and set the NFL records. And so if you have seen that up close and personal, why would you not want to follow in the same path when you know that it is successful? And I think that's where we are with Calvin. And uh, I think State's going to do exceptionally. We're only going to take three or four offensive linemen. And uh, I like Calvin McMillian a lot. What I like most about him is what I think he will be in three years, if you understand what I'm saying. I think he projects exceptionally well. I think he's one of those kind of guys that we're going to look back in a few years and see, are you guys kidding me? You know, his only other Power 5 offer was Indiana at the time when we committed him. That That's what this is going to be. If this kid stays healthy, because of the fact, if you look at what he's working with, he's got so he already brings so much to the table. If he embraces the college weight room and he's willing to take college coaching, he will be an outstanding offensive lineman at Mississippi State. No doubt about it. So uh, let's get into the men's basketball stuff before we get out of here. Uh, it was not at all what we had hoped it would be. I'm not going to sit here and be all negative about it. Uh, we blew an opportunity. It's as simple as that. What I worry about, and I shared this with some MSU administrators over the weekend, what I worry about is we already have so many fans that are kind of on the fence about men's basketball. I said this on Brandon Walker show as well. Is uh, There's a lot of competition for your entertainment dollar. 
especially once baseball season starts. You have the women playing well, the baseball's playing well. It's tough to pack the car for families two or three times a week. It is. And more and more people are, are renting apartments and, and uh, buying condos so they can have kind of a home away from home. And we love that. We're happy that you're here. We want you to come be with us as much as you can and come spend all of your money in Starkville and support our Starkville merchants. We, we want you to do that. But when there are so many people out there that are kind of on the fence, you can't give them any reason to doubt you. And when you go and lose a 12-5 matchup to Liberty, and all due respect to Liberty and the Atlantic Sun, that's a game that an SEC team should lose. And the thing that concerned me the most was effort on the defensive end. That's one of the things you look at and say, how does this happen? And listen, they, they ran some good sets and got some open looks, but they were sometimes they had open looks because we weren't closing out on shooters. We weren't playing defense. We were kind of letting them shoot, hoping they'd miss. And sometimes they did. And then when State got up 10 late in the ball game, we began to think, okay, all right, we'll settle in here and go and put it away. But uh, for some reason, we weren't able to do that. And so when I think about next year, I, I do not expect Lamar Peters back. I think he will go ahead and go pro. I don't know that he makes an NBA roster, but I think he is a professional basketball player, may, or, may go play overseas, or play in the G League, or uh, whatever they're calling it these days. But uh, I do not expect Lamar Peters back. If they could get him back, I think that would be big. But I don't expect him back. I think he will go ahead and declare. We know Quindary Weatherspoon will not be back, and uh, Eric Holman, and goodness, um, what great effort those two gave in this perfect cue down the stretch. I thought he played the best basketball of his career. I don't know that he has the quicks to play in the NBA, but I think Quindary Weatherspoon can probably play overseas as long as he wants to. Uh, he, he's a guy that can shoot. He's a guy that can get to the get to the rim. He's a guy that will make his free throws. Uh, and so I do think that, that that's um, those three for sure are gone. So when you begin to think about, okay, well, what about Nick Weatherspoon? What's going to happen with Nick? Uh, I saw that he tweeted out that he's made his decision or whatever. You know, that's uh, that's interesting. You know, there's this cloud of, of stuff around Nick right now. I'm not going to get into a lot of that stuff. But, you know, I think the door will be open for him to come back next year. I don't know that he does. We'll just we'll have to see. That's something that I, don't, I think will play out here over the course of the next uh, few weeks. Uh, just, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, when you begin to think about what is coming back, uh I am a Robert Woodard fan. I, I think that he is a guy that uh, he will dunk on you and, and he will make it difficult for you to dunk on him. He, he has a fire with him that most of our players don't have. And, I, and I'm just talking about basketball. I'm just saying he has a competitive fire that, uh, that is difficult to kind of quantify at times. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about Reggie Perry. I think Reggie kind of earned his stripes this year, and I think now that he's had a year in the SEC, I think he will be that much better for it next year. I think he will be you know, one of your primary options offensively. So you feel good about uh, your front court. You know, Tyson Carter, arguably the most improved player on the team this year. Uh, and where would we be without Tyson Carter? I mean, I mean it's – it's incredible to think about where we would be. He was given good energy as the sixth man, and all of a sudden he's inserted into the starting lineup and quickly becomes one of Mississippi State's most consistent performers. But, you know, he'll be back and have an opportunity to start and do some big things. But uh, what I worry the most about is depth. I worry about depth. Um, you know, what, what's, what, what are we going to do? 
what are we going to do if we ever get in foul trouble? I just don't know where the guard play comes from. So there are a lot of people out there that uh, I won't say they were rooting for Mississippi State to fail, but I think I think people wanted to kind of be let off the hook. You know, it's difficult for them to get emotionally invested in men's basketball for one reason or another. And uh, now that this has happened, I'm sure a lot of people have just said, well, you know what, well, that's just it. We, we, we're not going to renew season tickets next year. We're not going to do that. I'm going to encourage you, uh, if, if you are a season ticket holder, please renew. Because I, we, no matter who the coach is, no matter what the roster looks like, this is about Mississippi State. And uh, we're trying to uh, renovate the Humphrey Coliseum. We need to do that. But the bottom line is this is, uh, you don't make it easy on the fans when you go drop a first-round game. And, and people can say, hey, we're turning in the right direction, first tournament in, in a decade, and that's all true. But it's kind of one of those deals where you've reached the end of a talent cycle, and then the best you could do with that group is lose a first-round game in an NCAA tournament. Uh, and so I, I take no solace in the fact that Ole Miss lost too because I think we should be ahead of them. We should be ahead of schedule, but here they are, the first turn of Kermit Davis. They're exactly where we are as far as the NCAA pecking order because we both lose the first-round game. And so I don't take any solace in any of that. I think Mississippi State is probably a year behind schedule, and uh, this should have been a, a Sweet 16 team. Uh, I think if we're being fair with ourselves, that's what we should have been. So we've underachieved again, and that's a tough sell for Bulldog fans that are that are being asked to pack the car and give more and more and more and more and more. And uh, you got to feel like you're getting some reward for your investment. And so I don't know if that was really the case. You can say, well, you know, we, we're five seed. We won 23 games this year, and that's all true. And and, and I'm happy that uh, we're winning a lot more games than we're losing. But um, when we get to the NCAA tournament, we've got to find a way uh, to move this thing ahead. It, it would, every, everybody else is doing some big things. Everybody else over the course of the last five years has kind of competed for championships and kind of been in the mix for some big things other than men's basketball. And so not trying to be too overly negative, and I don't want to end the show on a low note, but uh, the point being is that we've got some room to grow when it comes to men's basketball. So this week, a big and busy week, as I mentioned, and I'll recap real quick for you. Tuesday baseball, Wednesday pro day. There'll be a lot of former former Bulldog players that'll be here for NFL pro day. And then, of course, LSU series, and I can't underscore it enough, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday deal. There will be people on Friday who want to know what time we play. And there will be people Thursday that turn on the TV and are surprised to see we're playing. We are playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Also of note, this show is available on more platforms than ever before. If uh, if you are, if you and your friends are Boneyard listeners, and, and I'm still getting messages from people about the app. The Bulldog Sports Radio app is dead. It is never coming back. So go ahead and delete that off your phone. I, I did that for a gentleman at Starwood Cafe last week. Deleted off his phone and then went and found and subscribed on iTunes to the podcast. You can find it on Google Play. You can find it on the, on iTunes. You can go to Gene's page and just click on the link in the article. There's a player there, and uh, and we'll make it as easy as we can for you. And so if you if you have friends that are Boneyard listeners, please check with them to make sure they're still finding the show because all this transition, it's been a little sloppy at times. And I don't like that, but that's the reality of things. Also, uh, if you haven't ordered your Stark Villain shirt, go get them. They're going fast, and uh, we'll make more. We'll, we'll make more. Very happy to have that partnership. So StarkVillain.com, get yourself a hoodie, a T-shirt, long sleeve shirt. I know many of you guys have to kind of watch the sun this time of year. We, You can wear a Stark Villain long sleeve tee uh, that will allow you to breathe a little bit so it won't just choke you and sweat you to death. 
Folks, until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make our friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.